Well, good morning, St. Paul's. Uh, it's Charlie. It is Sunday morning. It's a little before 10 o'clock, and um, we are just doing some tech checks right now to make sure everything is um, in place. We've got a few more moving parts uh, this week. Uh, we've got Chris, who is here to play a prelude and a postlude. Linda Willis is here to read a story for our kids. Um, so all of that is ahead for you. Um, so go ahead as we prepare, grab your prayer books. And if you have one nearby, grab a Bible because we're going to be walking through our gospel story today and get all of that in place. And uh, we will begin in a few minutes after our prelude. Again, good morning, St. Paul's, and good morning to all of those who are joining us. Um, we're glad that you're here. Uh, just a few updates. Uh, you'll notice that this chair is empty today. Rainy, uh, the associate, is not here today. She is fine. Uh, but the place where she lives, Westminster Canterbury, is um, not allowing people to leave or to come onto the premises. 
So she has been um, there since Wednesday. She's doing fine. Uh, there was one confirmed case uh, at Westminster Canterbury. And uh, so those are the restrictions they're putting in place. Um, as far as I know, there's still no one at St. Paul's whose health has been affected by the virus. So that's good news. Um, our pastoral care team and leadership is busy making calls to the people in our parish directory. So that's a way that we're reaching out to be connected. And also, I hope you saw coming up on Grace Street, uh, which came out on Friday, which outlines a new program that we have called Church Away. And Church Away is a way for us to still offer programming so that we all can stay together and learn and grow spiritually in this season of Lent. Bible studies, daily online worship. If you don't have access to the coming up on Grace Street, you can go to our website, stpaulsrva.org, and go to the latest, and you can see how to get connected and receive those um, communiques. So let's begin our service this morning. In the Book of Common Prayer, we'll begin on page 76. Page 76. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of evil. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And we'll now move into the confession. And if you don't have a prayer book, no sweat. Just sit back and I will carry you along. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And on page 82, let's say the jubilate. Be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with a song. Know this, the Lord himself is God. He himself has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him 
and call upon his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures from age to age. The psalm appointed for today is Psalm 23. And the psalms are located in the back of the Book of Common Prayer. Psalm 23 is after Psalm 22. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Page 612. Let's read it in unison. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. It's interesting that we have Psalm 23 today. Um, Psalm 23 is probably the most well-known piece of Scripture. It's definitely the most well-known psalm, and it is known as a psalm of trust. And it puts together the dualities of God's presence and the reality that there is darkness in the world. But the psalm also tells us that God is always there to guide us and to comfort us. And the word there, comfort, is better translated courage, to give us courage. And I find that a, a very good thing to hear right now because I feel like all of us need courage as we walk through these days. Psalm 23. We'll now hear from the gospel appointed for today, and as I mentioned in the Facebook post, it's a rather long gospel, so I'm going to read a portion of it, and then we're going to talk through it in its entirety. So again, if you have your Bible out, it's John chapter 9. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's work might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? 
Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes. Then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they began again to ask the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. And he said, he is a prophet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the story goes on and on, uh, and as we know, sometimes it takes John a really long time to make his point, and that's okay because he's John and he's in the Bible, so I guess <laughs> he can do what he wants. Um, but the reason for this is that in John, John is the book of signs. In the other Gospels, they're called miracles, but John is called the book of signs. And so in, in John, when Jesus performs a sign, there's always a pattern. And the pattern is sign, dialogue, and then discourse. So the sign in this instance happens pretty fast. Jesus heals this man. And then there's dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. They talk about it. They unpack it. Uh, The biblical story is formed. There's back and forth. There's back and forth. And then there's discourse which is a teaching of Jesus, kind of that final point that Jesus is trying to make. So what we've just experienced is the sign, and we are starting the dialogue, all right? So that's what the back and forth is about. Uh, The sign is that Jesus sees a man that's blind from birth, um, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? Now, that was a common, common um, belief back in the day that if somebody was born with some sort of illness or ailment, that the parents were the ones who sinned. And so the disciples are trying to use their own logic to figure out what happened to this guy. And Jesus says this, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind, period. That's actually where the Greek stops. He was born blind. A later addition tells us that he was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. And that's the first thing I want to unpack for you today, is that there is no reason to believe that God kind of does these things to people for a purpose, for a reason. You know, sometimes we've heard this out in the world. Well, if you'd only prayed harder or tried harder or eaten the right things, these things wouldn't have happened to you from a spiritual perspective. And what Jesus is saying that it's not for any reason. God doesn't want this person to be born blind. God doesn't need this person to be born blind. He's saying that 
his parents didn't sin. He was, he was born blind. So um, that's kind of the first thing that we, we need to work out. And I think about where we are today. I've heard people say that they think this is God's punishment or that the end is coming and that it's because humanity is so sinful um, or that God is punishing us. I, I don't believe that. I just believe that things happen and God, just like in the psalm, God is going to be there with us. So that's the first little thing that I think we can think about. Um, and then, of course, this image of light and darkness that I've been talking about for two weeks um, presents itself. This man was born in darkness. He was born in darkness. Remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus in the dark. The Samaritan woman came to Jesus in the light. But she didn't have the knowledge of who Jesus was, so she was technically in the dark too. So this is another figure that Jesus opens up to light. Jesus says he is the light of the world. So this man is now able to see. And why does he put mud on his eyes? Well, that's a reference to creation, to how in the beginning, Jesus was there in the beginning, and that God formed us out of the earth. Um, Now, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, go to the blind man and say, how is it that you were healed? And uh, the man born blind tells this story. Jesus did it. And then the Jewish leaders still don't believe. Notice that I'm not saying the Jews here, like it says in, in, the, in the Scripture. I'm saying the Jewish leaders, because that is a better translation. We have to be careful with, with that. Um, anyway, the Jewish leaders go to the man born blind, and they say how, or they go to his parents, rather. And the parents are like, He's of age, ask him. Because in that day, if anybody was caught following Jesus, they would be booted out of the synagogue. They would be removed from their community. And so the parents are scared that that could happen to them. So they're like, go ask, go ask the kid. He knows, he is of age. And then they go back to the man born blind a second time. And they say, give glory to God. I'm in verse 24 here. Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. And he answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know is that though I was blind, now I see. So the man born blind is like, I don't know if Jesus is a sinner or not, but what I do know is I'm healed. I can see now. I've never been able to see, and now I can. Ultimately, what happens is the man born blind is driven out. There we go. Verse 33. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing, Jesus, the man says of Jesus. And then they answered him, you were born entirely into sin and you are trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Now, I can only imagine how that must have felt for that person. I have a little bit of understanding of what it feels like not to be welcomed, not to be included, uh, to be kicked out, to be kept out, to have the doors shut on me and my life. And um, I can only imagine that for this man who was born blind, he'd been depending on that community his whole life. And now they have cut him off. And then this is where the beautiful thing happens. Jesus heard, I'm in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had driven him out 
And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he? Tell me so that I may believe. And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking to you is he. The man had never seen Jesus. He had only heard him up until this point. And then when he has the mud on his face, he goes and washes, and then Jesus goes away. So this is the first time that the man lays eyes on Jesus. And he is brought into the light. His eyes are opened, and he can see in so many different ways. And it's really interesting, this word found here is used five times in the gospel, and it has to do with the calling of disciples. It has to do with making disciples, discipleship. So this man is made a disciple, and I think that's beautiful. The man who had been kicked out of one community, Jesus was bringing him into his own community and into his own heart and into his own dwelling place. So the man becomes a disciple, and he's welcomed in a completely different way. So the question for us is, how do we see Jesus? How are our eyes opened even now to what Jesus is doing? How are our eyes opened even now in this particular moment to how Jesus is active and alive in the world? What is God up to now? What is Christ up to in in your own life? So we have to keep our eyes open to see that. It would be easy to go spiral downward, but we have to keep our eyes open to the light because that's what Jesus always invites us into, a light-filled world and a light-filled life. I was blind, but now I see, the old hymn tells us. May we continue to see Jesus in this day and in the week ahead. Amen. Morning prayer continues with the Apostles' Creed. Page 96. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And on page 97, show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Gracious God, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. O God, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the ways of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when the night comes, rejoice to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I now invite the prayers of this community and this congregation. We pray especially for those who are in need of healing in body, mind, or spirit. For Barbara, for Bruce, for Malcolm, for his parents, Helen and Scott, for Susan, our bishop, for Beecham, Jim, for Jamie, and his mother Mary, for Vivian, Liz, for all members of the medical community and those who suffer from economic hardship. We pray for those who have died and those who mourn, for Sonny, Otis, for Peggy, for Yvonne, for Marty for comfort. I invite your prayers now, silently or aloud. We pray especially for the elderly, for those who have no one to care for them. We pray for our leaders, for those who are making decisions about the welfare of our nation and our world, for wisdom and insight. And 
we give thanks for the blessings that surround us, for friends and family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. All right, so um, one of the great joys that I have as a priest is to be able to look over in that direction and see our children's area. And right now, that's where we are going to go. So excuse, we might get a little bumpy here on Facebook Live, but we're going to join Linda Willis over here who is our Director of Faith Formation for Children and Families, and she's going to read a story. And if you happen to see another face in there, it's Matthew Cole, who's uh, directing this piece. All right, Linda, good to see you. Good to see you. Good morning. For right now, we can't be here together, but you can have a special place at your home. Ask your parents to light a candle. You can read... Bible. You can sing some songs and just chat with each other in your special place. And now I'm going to read a a wonderful book called I See the Moon. The author is Kathy Appelt, and the illustrations are done by Deborah Jenkins. I see the moon, and the moon sees me. Does anyone know I'm alone here at sea? Might need to share and point it that way, too. (laughs) (laughs) Dual dual directions. (laughs) Thank you. My boat is so tiny, and the waves are so tall. Who could be listening? Who will hear my call? I watch the stars from the bow of my craft. Who sent these stars to show me a path? I feel the wind with its whispery tail. Who told the wind to fill up my sail? I see the dark is rolling away. Who brought the sun to meet me this way? I hear the dove with their song on the wind. Who sent the dove to lead me back in? Mm -hmm. 
I touch the shore as my boat comes to rest. Who was as close as my very next breath? When I set sail again, here's what I will know, that God will be with me wherever I go. God brought me back, snug and safe, without harm. God kept me close with strong, sheltering arms. My heart is as full as the moon and the sea. God loves them too. God loves me. And know that God loves you too, and your family here at St. Paul's loves you, and you're never alone. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Linda. And now for a final blessing. Peace where there is war, healing where there is hurt, memory where we have forgotten the other, vision where there is violence, light where there is madness, sight where we have blinded each other, comfort where there is sorrow, tears where there is hardness, laughter where we have missed life's joys, laughter when we remember the joy. May the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and those you love today, this week, and always.